Hello and welcome to 11.50 a.m. KKNW and Informed Life Radio. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and we are so excited for you to join us today. We've got an awful lot to talk about. Um, With me is Javier Figueroa. There he is. Hello, Javier. Hello, Bernadette. Hi. I hope my sound is okay with you today. I just realized everything's echoing through my computer as well as my mic. So I'll try to take care of that as as we go. There you Uh, go. Yeah. So, you know, it's the day after Thanksgiving, um, Black Friday. And Black Friday. I've got to be wondering what everybody is is thinking today on this this Black Friday, which has really been become such a consumer day, right? It's yes. the day you go get all the bargains. Um, but I'm feeling a, a different uh, a different black, <laughs> as yes. it were, a bit of a a bit of a darkness. Although the light breaking over the darkness, agreed. Truths yeah. are being revealed um, here. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, busy, full, fun. Uh, you know, the just uh, grateful and thankful that uh, we could actually sit down and uh, gather with friends. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Face to face. Face to face. What are things like? So, you know, I'm now in Washington. Or you're in Washington State. I'm in Tennessee. Although, you know, I'm still very much an advocate fighting in Washington State. Friends and family loved ones there. My heart and soul was born and raised there. So I will never give up fighting for freedom in Washington state. But so what are things like there now? Uh, There is a lot of uh, the, what I'm seeing is there is a lot of people that are still, you know, wearing masks when they go into stores, not so many people wearing masks outdoors anymore, depending on which part of the city you're at. A lot of people just uh, not, uh, not adhering to the, to the mandates and the um, the edicts that are being uh, imposed, and a lot more people starting to gather around things like the uh, Washington Civil Rights Council, uh, common law, and just pushing back on, uh, and really starting to learn about what what's the difference between an RCW and a WAC, and what what are the what are the legal implications of both RCW and WAC, and how to interpret it. Uh, one of the important bits of all of this was that uh, when D- uh, Jeff Dushin, uh wrote the uh, November, sorry, the October and then the November updates, he put in that it was a voluntary uh, imposition. Yeah. And then at the end, they changed it on the 5th of November. They took out the yeah. word voluntary. Yeah. So I want to I would love to talk about that. Um, you covered several things there that I want our listeners to understand. So let's back up a bit. And let's tell listeners in Washington State what RCW does stand for. Yeah, Regional Code of Washington. Or is it Revised Code or Regional? Sorry, sorry, Revised Code of Washington, RCW. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. It should just say the law. Exactly. Right? So RCW, if you look up and you go to our government website, you look at the RCWs, that's going to be the laws. Bills are passed and they become RCWs. Exactly. And so the WACs, I always forget what that one is, the Washington 
Washington Administrative Codes. Administrative Code, and it's my understanding that the WACs are is the language that makes the RCW makes the law practical. Correct. So because the laws don't always come with all the little fiddly bits to Correct. show how to implement it. And the WAC contains all those little fiddly bits that explain to the, the average person, that means you can do this, or that means you must not do that kind of thing, right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then it also it also provides a, a job description of what uh, certain officers and people in position of public office, what they can and cannot do, what is required of them. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that the WAC doesn't allow for public health officials to violate the law. So for example, if you're going to lock someone down, you have to go through a court requiring that you basically put someone under house arrest. And that is a definition of a lockdown is putting people under house arrest. So one of the, one of the important fiddly bits that uh, the uh, public health officials have is that they have the right and the obligation to manage and provide the best uh, uh, service in order to uh, promote public health. The problem with that is that is that they don't have unlimited power. They still have to go through a legal process. If you have if you have to keep someone at home, and the person does not want to, then they're required by law to say this is a public health uh, crisis uh, that we consider it a public health crisis, and we have to require and we want this person to stay in their house, and that requires a judge to step in and basically uh, impose a uh, house arrest. But nobody has as far as I know yet, gotten into court and challenged all various orders. They just did it. It's Correct. Thinking it had the force of law. Correct. When it did not. Um, that is correct. And, you know, one of the silver linings of COVID is we are all learning um, our true rights and, and what we need to do to be vigilant citizens through all of this. Okay, so that's good. So we've got the RCWs and then we've got the WACs. One thing um, that's really important for listeners to know in Washington state is the RCW, when it comes to children, you know, right now there are no laws that says any adult has to be vaccinated in any situation, no government requirement, right? There might be independent employer requirement. Mm -hmm. There's no government requirement except with one exception. And that is in daycare and preschool settings, there is a requirement for the MMR shot that was added in 2019. Otherwise, nothing um, applies to to adults. But the RCWs do apply to daycare and preschool and K through 12 school Mm -hmm. and college that says that certain, and that uses that word, certain vaccines will be required for school. But the RCW itself does not explain which vaccines are required. That authority to decide who, I mean, which vaccines was handed over in that law to the Washington State Board of Health, which is a 10-member mm-hmm. board hand-selected by the governor. And it changes, you know, every so many years. I forget how long they are in their seats. And some of them have been in there just for quite a long time. Correct. Yeah. And you and I have both um, sat in on many board of health meetings, given public comment. They are (laughs) very frustrating uh, things to attend, but nevertheless, there we are. Those 10 members hand selected by the governor get to decide. Now they can't just willy nilly decide. They must go through a legal process. They there's um, certain steps that they have to take and 
um, they have already taken the first step that it would to consider adding COVID-19 vaccines to school requirement. That That's right. is convening a technical advisory committee. And they're, be, they're beginning to um, populate that now with individuals. And the one thing that we have to remember is that these COVID-19, COVID-19 biologic uh, therapies are still under EUA. None of them are approved. That is, they are not approved by the FDA. They're still considered EUA and experimental. And more importantly, the other thing you have to remember is that under 18 codes, 18 CFR 360 BBB3A, every person has the right to refuse Mm -hmm. without any repercussions in terms of law. Now, the language that the Department of Justice has said is that there that there are there's going to be consequences. But the implication of the that particular law that people are willing to take on the consequences or the risks associated with not taking a uh, EUA uh, therapy. Right. Those not that there's going to be consequences. Personal health consequences. Correct. Not that the consequences correct. that we're going to fire you. Exactly. That's called coercion, right? Exactly. Coercion, undue influence, bribery. Those cannot be considered consequences of, of medical informed decline. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> right. it. That's right? exactly it. Yeah. And yeah. it's a violation of international law as well. I mean, yeah. we've got, we have laws in place that coercion to uh, to impose. This was actually one of the reasons that we have these laws at the federal level is that during the 1920s and 30s, there was a program where there was a movement called the eugenics movement mm-hmm. in which they actually imposed laws of doing forced sterilization on people that they consider, considered feeble-minded. Mm. And it was legal. They actually imposed or they, they actually got several laws passed in many states that basically forced people to undergo medical procedures and they were outlawed. So this is a direct uh, lineage of a eugenics program here in the United States. And we must recognize that forced medical procedures are wrong under federal law, are wrong under state law, and are wrong under international law. And an EUA designation does not mean it is a safe treatment without any consequences. It just means that it's under an emergency use authorization and you have every right to refuse and every employer, every state agency that requires it is now breaking federal law and is actually could could be considered a form of terrorism. Wow, exactly. And you have written brilliantly about that. And we've posted as open letters. Yes. Some of your letters to the University of Washington explaining just this. It has been so infuriating that you, 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 you state the law to entities like the University of Washington, and they absolutely ignore you. I'm going to go ahead and, and put out there for any listeners, if you want to call in and, and give your opinion, tell us about your experience with vaccines, with your employer, whatever you want to add to the conversation, go ahead and give us a call. We've got a toll-free number, 1-888-298-KKNW or 425-373-5527. So you can go ahead and call in while we're live and we are live right now. So um, just give us a ring if you wanna jump in and and talk about this. And I think Javier, through all of this, I, I look back a year and a half ago when there were, when we began to see troubles ahead and what was going on and and things being stated that were blatantly false by the CDC or NIH or FDA. And we go, oh, this is going to stop them. 
you know, this is going to stop them. Look what they said. And like, and like what? And, and it, <laughs> yes. And nothing, it doesn't matter how bad things get. They just seem like, you know, they're just going to barrel ahead with, with their way. Um, anyway, so where do you want to start here with our, oh, wait, wait, wait. We've got a couple more things. Okay. Okay. So I want to go back to where you started the conversation. So we, we talked about what RCWs are the laws. Wax put the law into practical language. We know that the Washington State Board of Health is beginning the steps it takes to go through the rules process to consider adding a COVID-19 to, um, to school, even though we'll talk about later some of the details of how they're not necessary, they're not safe, and they're not effective for children. But, um, okay, then the next thing you mentioned was Jeffrey Duchin, and yes. he is the King County Health Officer, correct? That's right. So, That's right. And so when you mentioned him, um, it was in that context of what he said. And there had been some language saying <clears throat> that the, the need to show a vaccine passport was, I looked at it very closely. It was very carefully written where it had the word voluntary. Exactly. And the way I interpreted it was that um, they did not want to have to take any steps to um, to enforce. They were hoping that people would just voluntarily do this. I myself did not think that the language um, indicated that they meant it was voluntary, that they just wanted people to voluntarily comply so that they wouldn't have to take the next step. But then people were not voluntarily complying. And so they removed that language or they were reading the posts and stuff that people were writing about it. Oh yeah. You know, they do follow everything we do. And, but now the next thing I'm hearing is they're setting up a hotline, a complaint hotline. And if you get three complaints, your business that you weren't um, carding people for their vaccine ID, then there's going to be some penalties now. Did you hear that? I did. I did. And, and one, one of the one things, things that, that we have to remember is that uh, there was, there was a case in Washington where one restaurant said, we're not carding, we're not masking. We're not going to require anything of our employees. And they just put the fines by a lot and they never paid them. And they said, we're never going to pay them. And they, and I heard that, you know, Ellen and I was basically trying to negotiate saying, well, can you at least pay a little bit? <laughs> so there is no enforcement mechanism, yeah. no sheriff, no state agency can come in and require it. Now, unless there's actually a rule change or they manage to get one of the banks to actually go in and take the money from the account, a la Australia now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is toothless, mm-hmm. absolutely toothless. And again, pulling a business license that would be an interesting court case to watch because there is no law stating that your business is going to be shut down or you, or that the the public health officer the mm-hmm. medical officer has the authority to institute that to shut mm-hmm. down a business because you're not complying with what papers please yeah papers please right yeah this is this is dystopian and i still can't believe that there's so many people and I, I, I love my neighbors, I love my friends, and I love my family, but so many people that consider this okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's the slow boiling of the frog. It was just one little, I love the video that's out there. It, 
you know, and it goes through a series of it's just two weeks. It's just yeah. mask. It's just for another month. It's just, it's just an on and on and on yeah. until we, you know, literally have segregation. Um, and, you know, it would be, it would be bad enough there was, if there was segregation and the masks actually worked to protect and the vaccines were actually safe, effective and necessary. And necessary, exactly. But when they're so demonstrably not, and they're causing so much harm. I met a woman today at the grocery store here in town. She was in a wheelchair and she, you know, was next to me reaching for something. And, and she says, how come things are so expensive, you know, at this particular store? I won't name the store I was in. <laughs> and, um, and so we just got to chatting. She had on a mask. And I said, you know, the people here are very respectful. If you don't wear a mask, you know, you, they won't say anything to you. But, and she took it down just a little bit. She has a rash all over her face. And she oh. doesn't like wearing it. And I, I gave her a little bit of the information about the bacteria. She has cancer. And her doctor says that she needs to wear it because she's so susceptible to bacterial infections. Oh, my God. And here she was getting at least a skin bacterial infection from it. And <sighs> if she's got it on her skin, she's bringing it in. You know, and I'm just trying to be as kind and gentle to this woman. I can't argue what her doctor is saying. She, I can't give her enough information in a two-minute grocery aisle conversation. Exactly. You know, I just tried to encourage her to look for more information. And anyway, um, I forget why I was even going down that that rabbit hole of just really good people being so misled through all of this, one step at a time. Until here one we step are. At a time two years later and um and we're and we're still at it so okay so we covered who jeffrey duchin is and yes and that and with that i think we're caught up <laughs> yes we are <laughs> okay. um so so i really wanted to talk to you about you and i have a, a friend his name is dr james lyons weiler yes he brilliant phd scientist uh, who I've been following for years, and I'm, you know, very proud to call friend. And I got to tell you, his writing has just astounded me lately. He says he wakes up in the morning, sits down, and he just shoots it oh, off. He's, yeah. He can hold detail. You know, when Bernadette writes something, I mean, I'm surrounded by all the detail because it doesn't stay here. I have to always refer. And back when I was actively writing mysteries, it was the same thing. You know, I, I always had to keep all no. the actual no. details around me. This man has so much that he keeps in his brain. I don't know how he does it, but I, I want to have conversations with you, Javier, and sure. anybody who wants to call in, if you've been reading his um, stacks, tell um, tell listeners where they can find his um, his. Absolutely. Data. Yeah. So his website is called popularrationalism.substack.com. You can actually sign up and become a uh, a subscriber uh, to the uh, to the Substack, and mm -hmm. what uh, Jack does is he posts um, articles relating to what's going on with uh, uh, COVID, with uh, other uh, vaccine mandates, just general science. Uh, he, he ranges, uh, you know, far and wide in this area. And one of the things that I love about his writing style, how it's evolved, he's basically said, "I've had enough." Um, you know, this is trying to be uh, as um, it, with, with scientific writing, you're taught to be very uh, parsimonious, very uh, well, you know, there's several sides you have to account for all of them. 
this time, because Jack is so well-versed in the science and he's been there and done that so often, he's just tired with all the, the lying that's going on, the double standards that are going on. Mm -hmm. And he's really pared down his writing to cut down to the chase and really show the, the hypocrisy and the criminality of what's going on. So, and that's what I love about the way he's been writing now. He's just like, this is my opinion. Take yeah. it or leave it. Yeah. And, you know, for the longest time, we we really tried to have that professional tone to try yes. to understand that we had to meet people where they were on the road. And we were just going to to come along, meet them there and do the journey. But with what is happening now, there's no time. I've said a couple of times, I apologize, it's a little crude, but it's stand up or bend over time. We don't have time to tippy-toe around the facts. And, you know, we, we want to be, you know, we don't want to be unprofessional or, you know, or mean oh. or anything like that. But, you know, there's just no time to waste. We have to stand up and say, this is what's happening, you know. And, and it, right. it can be a little bit harsh, but I'm really proud of him uh, for doing that. So go ahead and, and share. I'm going to, if if I lose you, Ottawa, um, audibly, I am trying to get myself to sound a little bit better here with my setup, but go ahead if you want to share that screen so you can show people where this is. Absolutely. So here I'm going to go to the screen share. One second. Share screen. Okay, let's see here. Oh, hold on a second. Share screen. There we go. I'm going to share audio as well. And we're going to go there. We're going to share that. Excellent. So now you can see that this is the New England Journal of Misinformation article that uh, Jack reprinted uh, with permission from Dr. Healy's website. Mm -hmm. And this really starts discussing uh, one of the uh, volunteers, one of the study participants, Bree Dresen, was part of the AstraZeneca uh, uh, clinical trial. And she suffered uh, horrible side effects and injuries from the AstraZeneca shot. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and, and read sure. the opening of that? Sure. So here we go. Bree Dresden was a key figure behind the Washington, D.C. November 2nd event reported in mandated harms. Her testimony at this meeting is featured here and here. So there's a couple of links that you can go to. If you go to popularrationalism.substack.com, uh, you'll be able to uh, look and find these articles. She followed up this testimony by writing to the New England Journal of Medicine, which until recently was viewed as one of the most prestigious medical journals in the world. Americans would say the most prestigious. So here we have Bree Dresden's letter, and she states, I was a participant in AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine trial. I suffered serious and severe adverse effects after the first dose of AZC-1222 was disabled and remains so today. I write to request inaccuracies in the trial publication be corrected and to demand complete reporting of the trial publications and results. The authors state that 180 AZD-122 recipients withdrew, and she puts that in quotes, and all serious adverse events will be recorded from the time-informed consent through the day 730. This is inaccurate. During hospitalization due to my adverse events, the trial investigators unblinded me, saw that I had received AZD-1222, and recommended that I not receive the second dose. The trial smartphone app was subsequently disabled on my phone. I did not withdraw. I was withdrawn, and AstraZeneca chose to stop collecting my data after 60 days, despite the fact that I remain with persistent symptoms 
one year later. The trial publications lack complete reporting of my adverse events, and readers are not informed that the trial smartphone app did not allow study participants to record adverse events in their own words. The authors state that, quote, no new vaccine-related safety signals were identified, but this may not be an unreliable conclusion due to the test clinics and the study sponsors neither recording nor reporting adverse events that did occur in the study participants like myself. Mm. Brianne Dresden, clinical trial participant, founder of react19.org, R-E-A-C-T-19.org. Conflicts of interest. AstraZeneca has provided me with $590 for my participation in the trial. They have not paid for any of my medical bills. Wow. So this is something that she wrote. Mm -hmm. And then she starts uh, having an email correspondence with one of the uh, editors. And you're going to love this. I mean, the, the Eric Rubin. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, uh, it should and it will here in a minute. So that she has an email correspondence. There was an almost instant response from the England Journal of Medicine. Most unusually, this came from the editor, Eric Rubin. Eric Rubin. Do not forget <laughs> that name. Okay. Her letter was too hot to handle has been kicked upstairs to the boss. The boss response, however, was that the standard one to letters or articles they don't like. It's a response that jo Joanne Ramon Laporte and I had to do our modest proposal on how to help with the patients. So here we have basically a uh, screenshot showing that, yes, this was an, an email correspondence between uh, uh, Brianne of, and uh, Eric Drubin. And this is a response that uh, Eric Drubin gives to uh, Mrs. Dresden. I am sorry that we will not be able to publish your recent letter to the editor. The space available for correspondence is very limited, and we must use our judgment to present a representative selection of the materials received. Many worthwhile communications must be declined for the lack of space. Sincerely, sincerely Eric J. Rubin, MD, PhD, Editor-in-Chief, New England Journal of Medicine. Well, uh, Ms. Trezen does not take this uh, still and responds back saying, Dear Dr. Rubin, I am sorry to hear that you will not publish my letter. Apart from the letter itself, the far more important issue is the problems I wrote about. Will the New England Journal of Medicine be issuing any corrections to the falsy, and I love that name, falsy, at all trial <laughs> publication? My letter documented how the article omitted key safety data in my case. I'm aware at least of the other trial participants who suffered a similar reaction and is also missing from the AstraZeneca report. I have documentation proving trial participation as well as a diagnosis of vaccine injury. She has a diagnosis of vaccine injury from the National Institute of Health. The other injured participant also reported to the NIH. Omission of adverse reactions is a violation of a key tenet of clinical trial reporting. Best regards, Brianne Dresden. Okay, so, now, well, at this yeah. point, the editor could go verify that if she's absolutely right? and and then this would be extremely noteworthy and worthy of of publication well and it's actually a correction to the record for a yeah. published trial that the new england journal of medicine published on the mm -hmm. astrazeneca clinical trials mm -hmm. this is this is basically uh calling out the uh an error and it is absolutely correct and essential that errors be addressed and corrected, even if you get a figure wrong. It's yeah. very common to publish what is called an errata. And if mm -hmm. someone calls in or a reader call, uh, writes in and basically says, I found this error, 
I have uh, verifiable information. It is essential for editors to say, you're absolutely correct. We need to push, put this up there. So this, yeah. is, this is incredible that an editor is actually pushing back this hard. So this is the response. And I love this because they're just trying to figure out any way to just get this person to go away. Mm-hmm. Dear Ms. Dresden, we rarely publish case reports and we have no investigative powers. I suggest that you are use standard reporting mechanisms, though if the diagnosis was made at the NIH, they should report. To whom? Mm-hmm. This is the yeah. person that got that's already gotten right. the NIH uh, diagnosis. Yeah. And she's letting she's letting an editor of the New England Journal of Medicine know, by the way, your reported study has errors. Yeah. I'm reporting it. Correct it, please. And um any study critical of vaccine policy or a vaccine product um, that's out there. What have we seen recently? We, we saw the McCullough and, um, and Dr. Rose's paper pulled for zero reasons with, with right. no reason given. We, they just decided to pull it. Exactly. <laughs> and right. And other um, one of uh, James Lines Weiler's own, own papers was pulled um, by, from an anonymous complaint. So that's right. For them to to not, you know, they should they should be pulling the paper. Something this important, a whistleblower, in a way, has told them the information is wrong. It's verifiably right. wrong, and you need to pull it. I mean, that's you know, as bad as this is, I hate that this is happening. But every single thing that happens reveals the systemic corruption of science on so many levels, right? We can't trust what used to be, you know, the gold standard. We can't trust the New England Journal of Medicine or the Lancet. You don't know. You can't trust the CDC. And then I've had, I have people say to me, but Bernadette, you don't trust them. Why are you quoting them? Because it's all I got, people, you know? Yep. So, you know, sometimes some truth will squeak in. If you don't read the the title of the paper, the honeyed opening and the honeyed closing, and you actually look at the data, sometimes you'll find some truth within studies, even you know in places you no longer trust. And then if you do talk about the independent journalists doing excellent work, their reputations, of course, are being trashed as anti-vaxxers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't win for losing. No. And again, this is just uh, this is harming institutions that had yeah. a lot of popular support, a lot of public trust in them. And now they're being decimated. The American Medical Association, the American Psychological yeah. Association, uh, CDC, FDA, NIH. Mm-hmm. They are now being revealed as being uh, either uh, corrupt, incompetent or both. Mm hmm. And that, that is a shame because there's, I know that there's a lot of good people there working yeah. and they're trying to do their best and they're working in a system that you just, it's, you can't trust it. No. And I, you know, it, I pray every day that people within the system decide to stand up and speak out. I want to give that yeah. phone number again, just in case anybody, uh, be brave. Come on. I know you want to call in. You got questions, comments, and experience you want to share with people. The phone number is one 888 298-KKNW. Um, that's 5569 if you don't know what the letters are, because I certainly don't. So one 298 5569 
or 425-373-5527. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Um, oh, I had a thought there, Javier, of what I was going to say on... Um, oh, I've, I repeat myself a lot. I apologize to listeners, but right now public health is structured like a military. The generals at the top say what is so, and everybody else down the line falls in line. And if you step out of line, you're basically court-martialed, you know, and it gets really serious fast. That is what's being revealed. We've got all these good people working in a corrupt system, and they're all afraid to stand up. But I tell you, if y'all stand up, it will snowball at one after the other. They say when one man stands up or one woman, 50 more grow a backbone, you know, and it's scary. It can be exactly. scary, but Everybody, if you know the truth, if you know things are just not being done correctly, wherever you are, stand up. It's time. Stand up now. You know, exactly. stand in your truth, stand peacefully in your truth. But we need, like our show song theme song is, we need a revolution. We need a peaceful revolution back to real health that's not captured by the pharmaceutical industry. And obviously, now tell me more about that editor. You kept saying the editor's name. Now, why did you keep repeating that editor's <laughs> name, Javier? So, so this goes back and forth. And basically, uh, they do not want to publish this letter. They just want uh, Brianne Dresden to go away. And um, she responds basically, uh, you know, uh, well, this this is the last two emails, so I'll be I'll be quick. It's trouble. This is a uh, Brianne Dresden responding to Dr. Rubin. It is troubling to see the to see that only the manufacturer is in a position to see the primary data. Yeah, it is troubling. Absolutely troubling. I think I understand what you mean, but I'm not. But I sh, but I am not sure I fully agree. As I mentioned in my original letter, AstraZeneca stopped recording data on me at day sixty. So they do not have all the data on my severe and serious adverse events that persist to this day, which is beyond one year. The publication claims serious adverse events will be recorded from the time of informed consent through day 730. And I am evidence that this is not the case. Mm -hmm. At any rate, thank you for your offer to forward my letter to the manufacturer. I would welcome that and look forward to hearing from you from what from you what they say. I have read the New England Journal Medical New England Journal of Medicine publication, and I am confident in what I have described to you as errors in the publication which require correction. And she mm -hmm. has every right and the editor has every obligation to put that correction in there. Yeah. I suggest starting with a qu query asking whether the participants that are described as withdrawing actually withdrew. As I explained, I did not withdraw. I was withdrawn in the trial up on my phone was disabled. And just before you, you asked him why I kept on saying, who is Eric Rubin? Who is Eric Rubin? Mm -hmm. Well, here it is. Three weeks earlier, Eric Rubin had been a voting member at an FDA vaccine and related biologics product advisory meeting, looking at the issue of approving vaccines for five to 12 year olds. Oh, Rubin, no. oh, he no. had voted in favor of doing so saying, I quote, we are never going to learn how safe this vaccine is unless we start giving it. He was the He's one who the made that infamous quote. Wow. So, so. Uh, you know, it, it was such a cold and cruel comment to make, throwing the children of this nation out there as guinea pigs, unwitting guinea pigs, because their parents yep. are going to be told it's safe and effective FDA 
said you could do it, right? CDC said you could do it. They're not going to be told. So unwitting guinea pigs. But not only was he very cold and calculated, but he knew the whole system was set up to not actually gather injury data. Correct. And so he, he's not even a true scientist. He really didn't want to know what this product is doing. He just wants the product out there. So what's in stake? What's at stake for him? You know, I that is how dark does your soul have to be to throw children out there like that? It's that's just horrible. And, you know, the, the, yeah. she's not the only one. I mean, there are there's story after story of people who were in the clinical trials who've come forward and and said something very similar. There's the little girl, Maddie, 12 years old, was in that in the youth trial. And Maddie DeGray. Right. And that was, was that Pfizer? Do you remember? That was Pfizer. No, it was Moderna, I believe. Moderna. Okay. I apologize. I don't remember the exact one. But but they also set up following their trial participants in a very inadequate way with no way to have any flexibility to tell them what you were actually experiencing. And the closest, her mother said, you know, when they first put down what her daughter was experiencing, because it was a gastrointestinal reaction to begin with, they clicked stomach ache. It was the only thing close. And they still have her only down as a stomach ache, even though she's paralyzed, she's in a wheelchair. Um, she can't eat, she's got being fed through a tube. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, so bravo, James, Dr. James Lines-Weiler for bringing that whole correspondence to light. You know, without his good work, Substack is a great place. It's a bastion right now of free speech. Um, and there's some really good uh, writing going on uh, there. Uh, what else do we have from, oh, let me give, did I just give that phone number? I did just give that phone number. So nobody's calling. But I think everybody's a little bit shy yet, you know? They're not quite or sure what to Or maybe too full of turkey. Too maybe full too of full turkey. turkey, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll eventually get callers. That's my goal. I, I, I want to have a, a lot of feisty callers calling in eventually. There you go. But we're and kind even of, if you disagree. If, well, yeah. You know, I'm all about free speech. You know, just you better bring some data with you, though, if you're going to go against us. But yes, I, I, I welcome anybody who wants to have civil dialogue. I, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what else does uh, Jack have? What, what was... Uh, what was he talking about before that? Well, so he brought this up. Jack also had a couple of other uh, articles that he wrote up. Basically, you know, his his whole uh, his whole attitude is, I do effing love science. He does and love science. He does, and I get that. And one of the stories that he wrote also was RNA editing as an apparently paradoxical molecular immune defense with a role in autoimmunity. And basically, it goes into more geeky science. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's move on for our listeners to something a little less challenging to understand. <laughs> and then we've got, of course, he he quickly cottoned on to the fact that um, Forbes reported uh, that uh, vaccine failure will be officially acknowledged by the World Health Organization. So Forbes got wind that the World Health Organization was going to report that, uh, yeah, because of the variants, the vaccines are not working. Mm -hmm. they're not. But they're not. Uh, so I'll start reading. Um, if you read the headlines, there is now global panic 
stock sell-off attributed to new variants. This, of course, is more opportunism. They won't tell you that the economic decline started before the announcement. A report by Forbes, for example, reads that news of detection of a new variant in South Africa was responsible for sparking fears of a more transmissible, possibly vaccine-resistant virus, and sending shockwaves through global markets as governments around the world bar travel from the region. Forbes also said the WHO is scheduled to meet and will likely conclude that a new variant is likely more transmissible. More transmissible. Be afraid. Because it has escaped the vaccine due to a due to a total of 30 mutations in the spike protein. Although most of these mutations existed early on in the vaccine program, and vaccine failure likely began many, many months wow. ago. You know, let's so yeah. Let's put that that on hold there because I see we do have someone on line one. We've got Sim in Seattle who wants to ask us a question. Go ahead. Sure. So do you hear me? Yes. Hi. Hi. I wanted to ask, I listen to your show off and on. I just, I mean, I noticed it a few few time, uh, a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I don't know how to get more information. Uh, how do I find people that to talk with that, uh, that don't that yeah. agree with us? <laughs> right. You know, where, where do you go find the other side of the story? That's an excellent question. Thank you for asking. So you can always go to our website, um, informchoicewa.org, informchoicewa.org. Um, Inform Life Radio is, is sponsored by them. And you can also go to Children's Health Defense. Uh, .org. And they also sponsor um, an hour of this radio show. And both of those are just packed with information. Another of my favorites, of course, is the High Wire. Um, Sim, are you familiar with the Dell Big Tree and the High Wire program? The High Wire? No, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, you said so. I heard there was an advertisement for the High Wire, but I don't know how you find that. You go to thehighwire.com. Yeah, just, just like it sounds, the highwire.com. And there you will find links to the recordings of the videos and you'll be able to live stream them. Um, you're, if you're in the Pacific Northwest there, it's 11 a.m. every Thursday. And the shows are supposed to be about an hour, but they run from one to three hours because they're so packed with amazing information. And Dell Bigtree used to be the host of the daytime, uh, not a host, I apologize, a producer of the daytime talk show, The Doctors. And then when a whistleblower, uh, he learned about a whistleblower at the CDC and he wanted to do uh, a story on that, he had to walk away from mainstream um, TV in order to cover it because um, anything critical of the vaccine industry is is frowned upon by the mainstream. And so he was a producer of the the documentary film Vaxxed from Cover Up to Catastrophe. And what from there, Vaxxed, yes, yes, it's V-A-X-X-E-D, uh, Vaxxed, uh, the movie, um, and the okay. subtitle was from... Um, could, um, oh, I said it. Now I've forgotten it. <laughs> From catastrophe Sorry. to cover up. Yeah, there we go. Yes. Yeah. And it's about a CDC whistleblower, Dr. William Thompson, who's several years. Oh, we're going back to 2014. We're going way That's back right. there. He was feeling he, he admitted in his own words, he's on tape recorded saying, 
that he had tremendous guilt whenever he saw a family with autism because back in 2004, he was part of a research team that threw away data that showed the timing of the administration of the MMR um, may be associated with increased risk of autism. Um, and if you watch the documentary film, it covers all of that. You can hear his own voice saying that. He's now being fully um, like sequestered by the CDC and, and Congress refuses to subpoena him. Um, yeah. It's very frustrating. Um, including including Rand Paul, who knows about this. And I, I'm sorry to, to get on, on Rand Paul about this, but he has the power to subpoena and he has not done so. Wow. Well, maybe maybe this COVID nonsense will push him through to it. So, um, so Sim, those are three places to get you started. And within those, you will begin to, um, there's lots of links, and you will be able to explore out further. And there's no shortage of information. Was that helpful? Is that the sort of information you were looking for? Uh, probably. I, I'm just uh, not that good with online. I was hoping there would, there would be somebody to talk with, but already the fact that I was able to talk with you, because usually the shows you're you're talking with someone and you don't have time to accept callers. I'm lucky it's the day after Thanksgiving and you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if, if you're more of a book person and you want to read know, a I'm really... Not... Okay. okay. I read a book. Yes, I do read books. I actually listen to audiobooks if they have it on audio. Yes. Um, so there's a fantastic book out by now by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. called The Real Anthony Fauci. Um, and it's available for sale in audio, ebook, and print. And if that's out of your budget, I believe it's in many library systems already. If not, you can request it to be brought into your library system in the format that you want. And you're going to really begin to understand how we got here, because it goes through the history of um, Dr. Anthony Fauci and the sort of decisions he's been making for this country for decades that led us into the kind of mess we're in now. And it, and it shows the changes that need to happen. It's very dense. It's fully cited. Um, it, it'll be a great overview for you to understand what's going on um, and where to find more information. Yeah. Okay. Yes, thank you. Because I'd Absolutely. also like to know what, um, who to contact for, what action steps I could do. Yes. Well, in Seattle, I encourage you to join Informed Choice Washington. You go to informchoicewa.org and look up on the menu tab for a join. Um, it might be in the About Us tab. And, and then put in your information and we'll reach out to you and we'll connect you with people in your area. And you can get on our email list and get action alerts. And, and you know, that's, we're doing that's all that we're looking for so I can have somebody I can talk with. That way I have people that I can talk with. Yes. Are you feeling kind of isolated there where you are in Seattle? Well, there is my brother in Federal Way. But I'd like to ask other people besides my brother. <laughs> Exactly. It, it, it's good to have a sense of community, you know, and to have other people who understand and, and you can figure out what actions you can take so you don't feel so you have a sense of power. And, and you know, we're going to be moving toward um, the next legislative session. So there will be bills to get behind and bills to oppose and um, and rallies to attend. And yeah. see, I want to go travel to Israel now this winter to visit my mother-in-law. And I'm not sure 
if uh, if I'll be able to come back, if I'll be able to go there. Wow. I don't, I don't know. Did you, did you get, I guess it's a personal question you have to answer if you, you did choose to get the shot or not. I, you know, no, I did not. I did not. Yeah. I don't know. Good. Um, I don't know the the travel requirements now between here and Israel, but you know, Israel is seeing they're the most vaccinated population and they're seeing high numbers of cases and all of the vaccinated. Yeah, in the vaccinated. Yeah. And then well, I am so sorry to hear that. Yeah. 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 So that's the but that is a tough call. My mother in law is one of probably one of them. Yeah. (laughs) My parents are live there also, but they're not vaccinated. So they're so far. Okay. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, thank you so much for calling in. And you can email us through the website if you have more questions. You can email me personally, Bernadette at informedchoicewa.org, and I'd be happy to answer your questions. And thank you so much for taking my call and for all the details. That really gives me a place to start, and uh, have a wonderful year. Oh, thank you. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Yeah. It looks and like we have someone else in line too. We do. We have Dina. Is it my Dina that I know from Lift Your Spirits Radio? Yes, it is. Bernadette, I am so proud of you. <laughs> I can't tell you. I mean, I've been listening for at least six months. I've been so busy here on Woodby, but I have so many people that are not getting vaxxed. And I'm sharing your information and your show. And I just feel so blessed to know you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness, Dina. And, you know, I would not be here if it weren't for you. So right back at you, girl. I, you know, I started this. I don't know if you know Javier, but Dina's got this wonderful program called Lift Your Spirits Radio on this very KKNW uh, wonderful radio station. And she invited me on and then she invited me to co-host and then I was hosting. And and the next thing you know, I'm calling up the station say, hey, how do I get my own show? Um, how do we get Informed Choice Washington to have a show? And and it was because of Dina and her guidance. Um, you know, she she held my hand through the whole beginning. And I, I just I'm so grateful to you, Dina. And I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing really well in Whidbey and and following your passion. And this was pre pandemic. So you got mm-hmm. on. And I, I really do feel you know, it's lift your spirits. But I feel like you have been guided this whole time. And the two of you, you're making, like, the firefighters, you know, God, just mm-hmm. listening to their stories. It gives me a little bit more say, ammunition. I don't want to say that, but it does, you know. I'm not going yeah. um, to the table empty anymore because I listen to you guys talk every two uh, every week for two hours. And I'm just so blessed to have been met by you. Um, and Michael, let's give him some credit for introducing us. Oh, definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Michael, for introducing us. And yeah, that's Michael Brenneman, the wonderful chiropractor. I got to have him on again. It's been a little while. We'll have to have him back on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Love the chiropractors. Well, Dina, thank you so much. You have a blessed holiday um, and stay in touch. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting close up on um, on the end of the hour here. We got about two minutes. So with this, let's wrap up the conversation that we were having of, of Jack's um, post. Absolutely. And, and so it's James Lansweiler, but I call him Jack. So <laughs> exactly. So what what he is, uh, you know, one of the things that he's noting is that all of these um uh, responses, all of these uh, reports by the WHO, where they're saying, well, you know, the vaccines don't work, is 
is done in you know what appears to be a coordinated fashion to mm -hmm. maximize the amount of volatility in the stock market to allow people that uh, you know have this uh, foreknowledge to basically manipulate the stock market and make the most money that they can. At the same time, it destabilizes the entire construct that people have about, well, you know, these vaccines work, they're going to lift the mandates anytime now. So mm -hmm. it provides cover for uh, nations to say the vaccines don't work, we need to shut everything down again. So oh, it's, it's this push-pull, push-pull, push-pull that is uh, there to do maximal destabilization when there's wow. absolutely no need to do this anymore, 99.8% survivability. Mm -hmm. Even with the variants, there is mm -hmm. still a 99.8% survivability. And children are the least susceptible. Yeah. Less than a thousand children have died with COVID, not mm -hmm. from COVID, with COVID. And mm -hmm. that needs to be made abundantly clear. So this idea that we need to vaccinate these children is ridiculous, dangerous, and unforgivable. Oh, I absolutely agree. And with that, I think it's time for us to um, to take a break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to have an, another hour of really good conversation. Um, so you've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and on CHD TV. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. 
Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me. Somebody to show me the love. We need a revolution. Inform Life Radio at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, and my co-host is Javier Figueroa. Hey, Javier, isn't it so inspiring to see? Did you watch uh, those crowds and that break, the video that was streaming by? Oh, around, yeah. You know, so many people have no idea that around the world, in, in cities around the world, million-person marches protesting what is happening, protesting lockdowns, mandates. Um, it's so inspiring. I'm... I'm praying for the momentum to build here in the United States. It's very um, frustrating that we can't seem to get those large crowds. We can get a few thousand, but where's our million, you know? There's, There's a lot of, because things are so locked down and there's such a stranglehold on information, that is what's happening in this country. The United States is one of the most uh, lock, information lockdown countries so far. One of the things that we haven't been hearing about is the fact that in Australia, there's been reports of military uh, groups rounding up uh, Aboriginal groups to force inject them. Oh, no. That, some reports. And wow. in, in New Zealand, the government of New Zealand basically said, for those people that have not been jabbed by next year, we're going to force, we're going to come to your house, we're going to force the injection on you. So there's all these stories, all these reports that are coming in that are not being reported on by the mainstream media, mm. not even by, you know, uh, uh, alternative media, because, you know, it just sounds too draconian, too, too extreme, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. These, this is the result of people not standing up. In Australia, people are standing up. Yeah. There's been so many marches. There's been so much action. Uh, there's been riots in some cases, that was not caused by the people protesting that was actually done by the police when there was absolutely no violence being perpetrated. The police came to disperse it. So there's a lot of these, there's, it's great to see that in Europe, we're getting all these large crowds coming in and standing up saying no, but there's also this incredible pushback. Yeah. What, what, which nation was it this weekend where the military and the police joined the protesters? Austria. Austria, fantastic. Yeah, because they they were really coming out with, you know, locking down. First, it was just the non-vaccinated. And then because COVID's so out of control, they locked down, they were going to lock down the vaccinated too. Just, it's so crazy. And so um, do you have a link to the, the World Health Organization's announcement? So we have the World Health Organization saying that, you know, the uh, spike protein is mutating in many ways. These vaccines are not going to be working like we were talking about before the break. Now, they had the timing of their announcement is 
appears to be to um, benefit some economically and not others, right? I mean, we're seeing billionaires being formed. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of millions of, of people around the world thrust into poverty and starvation, but a growing number of billionaires being formed and um, off the top. And so, you know, to force somebody and say you're going to limit their life when they're actually admitting the products cannot protect you. I, you know, the absurdity I want to put out there before you read that. um, Somebody uh, made a comment on the CHD line and I want to thank them for reminding, you know, that earlier list uh, caller wanted to know where she could reach out to be active. And they reminded me to announce the March for Freedom. Go to marchforfreedomwa.com. And this is a fabulous group of uh, Seattleites that are every single Saturday, there's a march every single Saturday. And there's other ones as well, but they are going to march until you know, they see some justice, they see some changes, and you can join them. And I'd like to invite listeners who know of other um, organizations that they want recommended for people to join. If it's in Washington, great, tell us where it is. But if you want to call in and tell people about another organization that you think they should join to get some action, just let us know where you are and where that group is. So the call-in number is one 888 298-KKNW. That's 1-888-298-5569. Or if you're local, it's 425-373-5527. So give us a call. Let us know where people can go. You know, in Washington, Javier, the number of freedom groups has exploded. There are so many. Maybe one of these days, let's read off the list. Let's try to have a list put together next week where we can send um, people because there's no shortage. It might be challenging to get the information out, but let's let's help be part of the information channel. So, Absolutely. And they yeah. come from so many walks of life. You have teachers, you have doctors, you have chiropractors, you have knitting circles, you have dog walkers, you have dog, you know, uh, dog parents, cat parents. Uh, yeah. So, spread throughout and there's been no centralization these are all independent groups yeah and that's the beauty right that's the beauty of it well really the you know people look to inform twist washington and children's health defense for guidance and we you know we work daily to do as much as we can to try to gather the information so that individuals can be informed and take a stand where they are but what we cannot do we cannot stand for everybody It's impossible. Everybody has to stand where they are, whatever your unique situation, what you're being faced with. We support you 100%. We'll try to get you data. We'll try to get you information. But it's going to take that the moral courage and that strength, you know, turn to, you know, wherever you pray or you reflect um, meditate wherever you get that sense of strength for following what you know to be right. That's that's what you need to do. So we're here for you, but you need to be there for you. And it's easier yeah, if you join yeah. with others who are in your very close circle and and fighting your fight, like the um, the free, U.S. Freedom Flyers, the flight attendants, and pilots, and others who got together and they protested. It was fabulous last weekend, right at the airport. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, so what did the World Health Organization say? Just was it today? 
They made the announcement. That was today, I believe so, November 26, 2021. And this is something that Jack pointed out in one of his uh, reportings. Mm -hmm. And they put this under classification of Omicron, which is the, uh, the, the next variant that came out of South Africa. And it's basically a report by the World Health Organization on variant a SARS-CoV-2 variant of concern. Uh, and they basically go through, and I think you can see it on the screen now, mm -hmm. um, on the share screen, uh, basically outlining that it has a large number of mutations, which are, quote, concerning. Uh, and it's basically popping up and it's been detected at faster rates than previous infections. Uh, so this, this suggests that it has a growth advantage, a lot like, uh, the Delta variant. Uh, and you know, they still don't know for sure if it's more lethal, less lethal, if it's more infectious, the rule of thumb is if a virus becomes more infectious, it is easily more transmittable and it is less lethal. Mm -hmm. It is less lethal. So that is something to, to, to keep in mind. And then I think in here, uh, Jack, um, commented on that they basically let the cat out of the bag saying that the current vaccines would not be able to stop this or, or have any effect on it. Not that they could have any mm -hmm. effect on it. Mm -hmm. uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, as well as AstraZeneca, have never stated uh, that the, the biologic injectables uh, have any capability of stopping transmission. Yeah. And if you can't stop transmission, what's the point of having a vaccine? Exactly. And so, right. Yeah. And, and they say specifically in this press release, um, if I recall correctly, that there are several variations, um, changes within that spike protein, right? And it's the Correct. spike protein that is the only concern of these injectable products. They, Correct. they make your body become a little factory of the spike protein stabilized genetically modified, but as it looked in SARS-CoV-1 when it showed up two years ago. Correct. And it Correct. doesn't have, like natural immunity is when your body sees the whole virus and it enters properly as it's supposed to, you know, through the nose and, and you know, entering into the respiratory tract. And that's why you, uh, the nasal rinses and gargling go to healthyimmunitynow.org healthyimmunitynow.org and look on um, the tab for all the different protocols that are out there. And you're going to, there's going to be a video about um, mouthwashes. And then there's going to be a tab that says more information and you can go read some of the studies um, about the nasal flushes. And so your basic Listerine, which has got seven essential oils, or you can maybe make your own um, or a solution with iodine, right? Uh, iodine, like five seconds, iodine will kill any, any SARS. So if you do a, a good nasal flush and read the information on the website, explains how to do that. Um, and, and gargle, you're not going to get high loads. You're not going to be able to replicate, or it's going to replicate. You're going to immediately knock it down. You're not going to get a severe case. Yes. It is yes. just simple, inexpensive, and it's the only solution. It's only ever been the solution is early treatment with these on the shelf, non-patentable uh, things that we've always known that you can do for viruses, right? I mean, even ivermectin. Yeah, I said ivermectin. Don't kick me off the air. Um, I mean, there, there is a, a, a Dr. Paul Merrick right now has been suspended from um, 
his practice at the hospital because he has had to go to court to sue his hospital to be allowed to practice medicine because they, yeah. they stopped allowing him to use the effective treatment protocols to save lives and his patients are dying. And he, he is the most precious man, you know? He went to court and and the, the court is gonna hear it. They have decided that they would hear it. Unfortunately, they didn't grant a um, temporary injunction to, um, to let him use these protocols in the meantime, but at least they're going to hear um, hear his plea. So anyway, when you get natural infection the way you're supposed to, even if you're lessening it down, your body creates an immune response to every little fiddly bit within that wild virus, right? That's so right. even if part of it changes a little bit, you've got all these immune reactions, all these little receptors and all the little things that, that say, I recognize that, 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 you know? Exactly, yes. But if all your body's doing with the vaccine, genetic therapy, is making one spike protein as it was two years ago, it's gonna sail on by it. And that is what the experts that we have interviewed, that, that James Lyons-Weiler has interviewed, oh, yeah. and, and everybody has been saying from day one. Um, and one of the things that we have to remember is that the spike protein is actually quite deadly. Mm -hmm. That is something that is not talked about sufficiently. The spike protein by itself is excellent at causing uh, coagulopathies, as they're called, yeah. uh, that they've been associated and have been known uh, and was one of the first uh, uh, adverse events that were considered for Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson, you know, uh, strokes, uh, embolisms coagulopathies, uh, myopathies, the, the, the SARS spike protein likes to bind to ACE1 and ACE2 receptors, and they can actually cause blood cells and platelets to adhere. And one of the areas that has a lot of ACE1 and ACE2 is the heart, Yeah, is the brain. Do you happen to have handy that new German study I, my, I lost the tab. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it, it, I believe it talks so. about endothelial and uh, forgive me, I can't pronounce it correctly. If it's not written in right in front of me. Oh, the, the endothelium? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it shows that it causes the inflammation. It was from that group that for eight years, so pre-COVID, had been looking at specific yeah. markers of heart disease in their patients. And they have now begun looking at their patients pre and post vaccination and you can compare it. There it is. All of these markers of inflammation went up post vaccination and they seem to be staying up at, at least two and a half months. That's as far as their study went out. Oh, no, I don't have the paper, but I remember, uh, and again, I don't have the tab up, but basically mm -hmm. they were doing D-dimer and all these other components associated with heart damage as well as uh, uh, clotting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sustained at exceedingly high levels for some mm -hmm. patients. I mean, mm -hmm. Like you said, for months, it's supposed to be a spike and then drop off, but it remains elevated. Mm -hmm. And so their concern, I think I remember that their concern was if these levels remain as elevated as they currently are, the incidence of further disease progression is almost guaranteed. And I yeah. think that was a quote that they had yeah. in, their, in their paper. Yeah. But I wish... I don't have that, unfortunately, available. Yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can find it here in a little bit. But, you know, I'm so uh, thankful for the independent researchers who are pushing through and finding places who will publish the truth yes. coming out. And these are studies that are very repeatable. 
the thing about science that has not been done in regards to vaccine because of how the industry and within the industry, I'm including the CDC and the NIH, they're just industry. They're marketing yeah. arm, they're funders, they're patent holders, they're part of the whole industry. They hold all the data close, the data close to their chest. They don't let, um, you've got the VAERS data, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, but they, they boast about VAERS when they want to go public and say, oh, we've got the best monitoring yep. system on the planet. But when you actually try to use the data to show concerns, to show red flags and safety signals, they say, oh, you can't trust VAERS. That's a passive reporting system. Anybody can report to it, right? They want to have their cake yeah. and eat it too. Um, yep. So they, they hold all the data close. And so independent researchers don't have the data that the CDC says they have to do right. these studies that make no sense. Science needs to be repeatable, right, in order to be verifiable. So real science, you put out your protocols, you put out the data, and you challenge other scientists, see if you get the same result I did, right? Exactly. Yes. And, you know, the the public health agencies, the other thing they love to do besides hogging all the data is only do epidemiological studies. Forget biological, right? right. They never do biological studies, you know. They, they just want to, and you can play with, like as Jack, James Weinsweiler famously yeah. has said, you can prove that, that sex doesn't cause babies. All you have to do is eliminate all the pregnant people from your control, from the group, you know. Exactly. So you want to exclusions and there you go. Um, Epidemiological studies can be very easily manipulated. And you're really, they're supposed to be paired with biological studies. So is it biologically plausible and are we seeing it, right? Um, the, The beauty of like a study, this German study that was looking at those markers is that's a biological study. You can look at people's blood and markers pre-injection, post-injections, it's pretty darn clear when it happens over and over and over and you see it in every clinic around the world. Okay, right? So that's what we need. We need we need more of these um, these live, real biological absolutely. studies happening. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that is absolutely essential uh, in order to figure out what the heck is going on here. Well, I think we, we know what is going on here. We suspect that there's enough evidence there's so much evidence now that uh you know it's the only reason that there isn't more known about it is the mainstream media has done such a good job of talking around it or in some cases absolutely lying about it that is the that is the only way that they're keeping this uh, a lid on it and there's a lot of people that i'm sure mean well but are not trained and they're just basically saying trust the authorities trust Mm -hmm. the authorities And again, the last thing you need, there is no trust in science. Let me repeat that. There is no trust in science. You have to verify. You have to test. You have to make sure for yourself. As a trained scientist, you can only rely on what is published and only you can only rely on what is repeatable and done by you or by someone that you can rely on to do that for you. Again, Mm -hmm. no one one has a, not everyone has the capabilities to do lab work. But you have the actual capability to read and to be critical and to say, that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't fit. And until you can actually yeah. answer those questions, you have every right to say, nope, 
Right. I don't trust that. And, you know, I think what happens a lot in science, because there are a lot of good people working in science, is they're focused almost with blinders on on their own little narrow part of the puzzle and and not always seeing like the big picture and looking out, looking this way and that. And part of being, you know, like a citizen activist and somebody who as an amateur, I read it. I talk to people who have degrees. I try to read all over the place to kind of get an understanding. When I first kind of became friends with Jack, he asked me to look at a very uh, long um document i'm trying to remember the the name of what it was that one of the publications it's at the tip of my fingers okay it'll come back to me um but i said are you sure you know i don't have a degree in this and you know i'm a bachelor in arts and science which is mostly arts and and little science and you know and he says no i trust you read it so i went ahead and read it and then I submitted to him my comment that I said, when I look at this, this is what I saw. I said, this makes no sense to me. I don't understand what they're doing this here because they said that over here. So I just read it with common sense. And he said, that's yep. it. You got it. I'm like, really? He said, yes. The average person, they want to make you feel like you can't understand what you're reading, you know, and you probably do. I mean, I, I encourage you to, again, this Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, he's got a school now. If you want to learn how to read studies and read yes. them like a professional, you can go take a class at IPAC, I-P-A-K dash E-D-U, IPAC dash E-D-U. And he, he's offering all these amazing university classes for a very small amount with expert teachers um, who really want to help you learn um, you know, how to read what's out there and how to be an informed citizen. You know, somebody's commenting on another. I want to invite Kim in Seattle. Kim in Seattle is feeling a little bit isolated. And I want to invite Kim to give us a call because you are not alone. I want you to call 425-373-5527. I want to hear your voice. I want to chat with you and let you know that you are not alone that there are a lot of people in Seattle, in King County, in Snohomish County, um, and beyond that That's are right. with you. And, um, and I want to help you get information out on the organizations that you support, that you think are doing great work. Um, and I want you to be able to be in touch with other people. So come on, give us a call, 425-373-5527. Yeah. Oh, and if I can jump in, uh, there was a great review, and I think it needs to be a little more um, uh, forthright and aggressive in calling out what we're seeing, which is basically this is now no longer a, uh, a public health debate, but we're now actually, or there are several people engaged in an actual criminal conspiracy. Yeah. And I mean, a true criminal conspiracy, not a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of laws that are being violated. Uh, are, do you know who uh, Dr. David Martin is? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's done some fat, um, featured in Plandemic. Correct. Oh, can I say that if we're streaming to certain platforms? But yes. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> and his specialty is he has a background in biological sciences, a doctorate. Uh, his his claim to fame, or at least his his focus has been on uh, basically doing a lot of uh, data mining to uh, identify companies that have intellectual patents 
and uh, IP, and then valuing companies based on the intellectual patent. I'm probably getting it wrong, but this guy digs into legal, technical, and he, you know, has mm -hmm. a, a great point in that a lot of what we're seeing now uh, occurring, and a lot of the conflicts of interest mm -hmm. are just staggering. Yes. And most people don't realize it. And I think that with, with what uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. has written when the real Anthony Fauci, yeah. Dr. Martin has also identified and connected that, you know, these people are all in cahoots with each other. Yeah. And, you know, I, I hearing me saying that, I find it, you know, it still baffles me. But yes, they all know each other. They're all playing yeah. off each other. Do you know a great place to go if you want to see the connections between the people is The Amazing Polly. Have you ever seen The Amazing Polly? Uh, so yes. just do a search, probably not on the G one, but maybe one of the others, the Duck Duck one, for The Amazing Polly. I believe she's on Rumble now, BitChute, might be a couple other platforms. This yes. woman is so amazing, as her name implies. But what she does is she canoodles right down into it and finds those relationships and the history of it. And she'll go through and she'll, you know, show you the newspaper, the, the magazine, the document that puts everybody together, um, linking them all up. It can be really fascinating uh, to see. And you Absolutely. realize how few people relatively are driving what's happening right now. Exactly. And who's profiting from what's happening and the ultimate goal of what's happening. You know, they say, um, you know, anytime, anytime the actions that are being asked of you or that are being taken cannot possibly achieve the express goal, the true yeah. goal must be what is actually happening, right? Exactly. So, they admit their products cannot prevent infection, transmission, hospitalization, or death. It's not going to stop any new variants. They've acknowledged myocarditis and blood clots, and the things they haven't acknowledged are huge, but they've at least acknowledged that. They cannot achieve the goal of herd immunity, stopping any pandemic. Um, and so the only thing that really has been happening has been Poverty, isolation, tearing families apart, bankrupting businesses, um, loss of freedoms, yep. and leaders all over saying, oh, joy, what we can do is step in because everything's a mess anyway and just make room for, oh, let's call it the great reset, right? Yeah. And most people would say, oh, that's just crazy talk. The reality is they're doing it. They're yeah, they're doing, doing it, it right in front of our right noses. Right in front of your face, I know. And before we go on, I'd just like to make one statement again from the great Dr. David Martin. Um, Real Americans are dying each day because a criminal organization unleashed terror resulting in the deaths of Americans. 18 U.S. Code, Section 2331, Subsection 802, Acts of Domestic Terrorism Resulting in Death of American Citizens. Publication L number 107-52 expanded the definition of terrorism to cover, quote, domestic as opposed to international terrorism. A person engaged in domestic terrorism, if they do an act of, quote, dangerous to human life, quote, that is a violation of the criminal laws of the state of the United States, if the act appears to be intended to, one, intimidate or coerce a civilian population, and two, influence the policy of a government 
by intimidation or coercion. Oh, good heavens. That kind of means everybody in public health right now belongs in prison. Well, they are they could now legally be considered to be terrorists. And I, yeah. again, this is this is this is sounding hyperbolic, but that is federal law. And when yeah. you actually coerce people to do something that has the right. potential to kill them or to do something that changes governmental right. policy from an external group, an international or external group, that is that can be considered an act of yeah. terrorism. And again, this is not okay. And I want no. to repeat that. What is happening right now is not okay. Losing your job because you are not going to take a medical product is not no. okay. Yeah. Losing your loved one because the hospital refuses to allow the doctor to use the protocols that they know will save yes. your loved one's life. That's not okay. That's you not know, okay. Handcuffing the hands of doctors is not okay. After decades of a supplement known as N-acetylcysteine being available for anybody off the shelf to purchase. It is N-acetylcysteine is a formulation of one of the amino acid proteins that is the building block for glutathione, the body's master antioxidant. You cannot fight viruses if you are completely glutathione depleted, right? Yes. This NAC, if you go to the hospital because you overdosed on Tylenol, which is easy to do, an extra tablet could throw you there. They give you NAC because it helps replenish what the Tylenol acetaminophen depleted and it'll help save your life. But because supplements, supplementing the studies show with N-acetylcysteine will boost your body's ability to, to fight off viral infections, the FDA decided, oh gosh, maybe it's not a supplement anymore. We're going to make it, we're going to make you pull it off the shelves so people can't get it. What? It's, you can still get um, cysteine, though, people. You can still get, you, don't, you can't get the N-acetylcysteine, but you can still get other forms of cysteine that your body can use to make glutathione. So there are still supplements available. But the one that was just a bestseller, I mean, as soon as COVID hit, wasn't it amazing? Amazon sold out of what? Vitamin, the good brands, the good brands of the vitamin D3, brand. the good yep. brands of vitamin C, the good brands of zinc. Um, uh, the good brands of quercetin pretty quickly. People yes. figured that one out. And N-acetylcysteine was flying off the shelves. Yes. People, so many, I was really so proud of how many consumers knew that if you want to make your body able to ward off infections, viral infections, this is these are the what you need to fuel your body. It's like Absolutely. they knew if, if a storm's coming, what do you do? You go fill up your tank, uh, your car with gas and you do all the things that you need to do to be prepared to hunker down. Do you go put exactly. tomato juice in your car? No, nope. you put gasoline in the car. You bring home tomato juice for yourself. So I just don't understand, you know, why people don't get that you literally are what you eat or what you supplement and all that. But so it's, it's equally terrorism to withhold from the public the fact that they can improve their outcome right yes the, the studies are just mind-blowing on vitamin d oh my god yeah right you know i mean if you don't aren't if you have adequate amounts of vitamin d even if you have comorbid conditions you are um so much more able to um 
safely get through COVID. This study after study after study, you know, um, so conclusive. And uh, speaking of Tony Fauci again, he knows about glutathione. He does. Absolutely. When he was doing the HIV studies, there there was a study that showed that, that if you supplement with the um, what it's cysteine. Um, do you remember the other two off the top of your head uh, for oh, glutathione? After glutathione, N-acetylcysteine, uh, vitamin D, vitamin C, yeah. oh, zinc, I'm at melatonin. The three, I'm at the three amino acids that make glutathione. I need oh, Dr. Ted Fogarty. Dr. That, Ted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Acetylcholine. Um, yeah. I can look it up on our website. Oh, I've got it posted. I haven't said yeah, C. If I don't repeat something, it doesn't stay, you know, it goes in my library and then, but um, I don't access my library quickly. <laughs> but there, oh. yeah, but he did a study that showed that it yeah. shut down viral replication. So yes. he was showing in, you know, that, that HIV was not going to replicate in the presence of adequate amounts. And if you give it extra supplements, if you're yes. infected, the flu can't survive with adequate, adequate amounts of vitamin D and glutathione. Correct. Hello. And then you can um, nebulize it. Talk to your naturopath about how to nebulize it, you know, um, to get it in there more quickly. There's all these oxidative therapies that that can be done. Right. Amazing. Um, Amazing. Amazing. And they're all molecules that your body recognizes because your body uses them and makes them, you know, it's it's just you're giving your body more of what it naturally needs. Well, that's exactly it. And this is about supporting proper immune function. Right. If you can right. do that, you're golden. Before before we move on, yeah. I want everyone to hear this. C19early.com. C19early.com Good. is a great website that actually does a complete review of every single therapeutic treatment that has been tested and tried against COVID-19. And it is one of the most complete, most compelling, most thorough and thoughtful analyses I've seen so far. Love and it. if you want to see where, whether or not there is a treatment for COVID-19, go there. You will be floored. Yeah. Can you share that and then read down for those who are only um, able to listen, read down some of the, the, the items that they go through. They, they have Absolutely. been doing a great job, that's for sure. Let me let me go and switch over right now because this is just a, you know, an, an absolute gold mine that uh, personally, you just you just need to look at it. You'll feel so much better. Yeah. You'll feel just so much better <laughs> yeah. knowing about this. Yeah. Uh, so what we have right here is basically all studies. What they've done is they've analyzed and they've and what they've done is basically uh, given you a, a an odds, what they call an odds ratio and also a cost indicator. So let me make sure I actually have the right screen on here. I'm just learning how to use StreamYard. There okay. it is. I see this it. is Let's, what's going on right here. Yeah. C19early.com. Yep. C19early.com. So they've got all these drugs, but what else do they have? Ivermectin, mm -hmm. uh, Paxlovid, uh, they've got an antibody, they've got melatonin, curcumin, mm -hmm. androgens, quercetin, vitamin A. What they have right over here is basically giving you an idea of what the studies, what the variants in the studies are. This right here is the dividing line. One is basically toss a coin, it may work, it may not work. Anything less than one from zero to about you know, 0.75 means that it favors the treatment. Anything above one 
favors not the treatment. Mm -hmm. in, other, in other words, the control, the placebo. So what we have right here is all these studies. The number of studies that are right here. Ivermectin is over 67 studies. Yeah. Vitamin A, five studies. Vitamin D, 53 studies. You take yeah. vitamin D, yeah. it, cuts your, it cuts your incidence of, uh, of disease by half. Wow. Zinc, 20 studies. Mm -hmm. Also, almost by half. A buck. A buck. And they've got the cost <laughs> of each treatment. Wow. So this is a gold mine. If you want to find out and if you want to tell folks, hey, there's no treatment. No, there, okay. there is. And if you combine them, this is the best part. If you combine the treatments, you improve the odds. You improve the odds. And, you know, your doctor will know which treatments are safe to combine, you know, whether they're all natural, combination of natural plus drug or all drug, you know. I'm I'm in favor of all natural when possible, but not completely opposed to. I'm a little con curious about the first three things on that list. The, the one that sure. showed that said was like 95% protective, but there was only one study. Uh, what was that one? Is that one of the, the new, uh, very expensive drugs that we only so far have um, clinical trial data on? It's $5,700. Right. Um, is that Merck or Pfizer's or who's this? Oh, that? so this is, so this is uh, Kesevirumab, which is an antibody. It's $35,000. Paxlovid, it's a drug. And one second here. Uh, it's about $700 a treatment. I'm not sure. It's a single study. That, of course, you know, is that the Merck one? I can't remember Paxlovid, the names me, of the products. Paxlovid. Yeah. The the one that um, might that's cause the some, Pfizer pill. That's the Pfizer one. The one that is concerning that it might cause some. Um, uh, what is something about reproduction mutation? Uh, I can't remember. Something in the animal studies popped up that was not good. And it seems as if it might increase. Um, I'm, I'm going to shut up now because I'm not remembering exactly. It's been a couple of weeks since I read information about it, and I don't want to steer you wrong. Um, you know, it's sticking to the truth is strong enough. Right. And I'm not going to go off without it. But, but one study there at $5,700, and, and there's another one, $2,100 a dose. It's just so one of the. Yeah. One of the things that I love about this site is that, you know, they, they give you what they actually report in the studies. And then, of course, if they do their own what they call a meta-analysis, where they combine the data and try to give a, a statistical analysis of it, what we see from Paxlovid is that you've got such a wide variance. Now, this is what they report. And again, this is what Pfizer reported in their publications. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what company isn't going to say we're the greatest, we're the best, we're super duper? But at least the report that, you know, this is this is how much variance you have. That's huge. Yeah. That, you know, that that's basically like mm, maybe it works, maybe, maybe it doesn't. Right. Yeah. The more studies you can get, the more studies where you can actually have independent verification and it costs less, mm -hmm. there's a higher likelihood that there is some some reliability, some replication. Again, science mm -hmm. is not about trust, it's transparency and replication reproducibility. Yeah. Reproducibility. That's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. And some of these it. studies, because they are inexpensive to run, that is the, the product itself costs so little, mm -hmm. you can do so many studies. Mm -hmm. Hydroxychloroquine, mm -hmm. 298 studies, 4,000 patients, a dollar to treat a oh, patient. 400,000 patients. 400,000 patients. And a dollar the to treat. Point mm -hmm. 
0.75. If you mm -hmm. take hydroxychloroquine with, and again, I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. This is just my opinion and all that. But again, these are the results from all these clinical trials. Combination therapies, as Dr. McCullough stated, as Dr. Pierre Coria stated, as Dr. Merrick has stated, mm -hmm. have better outcomes better because outcomes. you're actually yeah. you're attacking multiple sites. So again, yeah. look at this site. It's chock full of information. It doesn't matter if you don't understand it at first. Take your time. Mm -hmm. Read it like you did, Murdenette. Yeah. Sometimes it's better sitting down and just reading it and saying, did I get this? I think I got this right. I think I got that right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of smart people out there that can, can figure it out. And if anybody from the Washington State Board of Health is listening right now um, or friends of theirs, I would ask them to please reconsider more than it, it was August of uh, 2020 that the Washington State and um, informed us Washington, we asked them to convene a panel of experienced yes. practitioners who could get together in a very public venue to exchange ideas with the goal of informing the public, informing all the other medical workers so that people's lives could be saved and fear could be lessened. People would know treatments exist and they would know what to do. It would be so yeah. wonderful. And the Board of Health agreed and then Secretary of Health agreed, but they said it wasn't in their wheelhouse that the feds had to do it. Well, the feds are not doing, they're not going to do it. First so and I, foremost. Right. I yes. beg of you now, it's 2021. We're almost 2022. People in Washington state are still needlessly dying of COVID because they're not getting early treatment. They're not being told what they could be doing to help improve their immune function with a vitamin D. There should be posters and billboards about vitamin D from the Washington State Department of Health, right? And early treatments need to be acknowledged and promoted. I don't care, you know, even if you are vaccinated, the vaccinated are being hit so hard. So hard. You know, there's that antibody dependent enhancement that appears to be happening, right? There is pathogenic priming, which is, is yes. a very similar. Um, yeah. And there could be what we kind of, I asked you about last time, is there evidence of um, uh, the original antigenic sin? Whereas, you know, if yes. your first exposure to the spike protein is skewed by um, this vaccine injection, does it forever set you up to not respond properly in the future? That may be it'll happening bias. as well. Yeah. Yes, it'll bias your immune system to not recognize it in time and to act uh, in in a in a in a fashion that allows for replication doesn't stop the function. This is something. And again, if you took the vaccine, you know, uh, God God bless you. I understand why you took it. It's not your. If something were to happen to you, this is not your fault. You were not told everything you needed to know to have an informed choice on this. Yeah, yeah. And again, don't blame yourself. I don't blame anyone that took the vaccine because they did it for their own reasons. They made their own health choices, but they made them with information that was not complete and was not an informed decision. Yeah, and, and in many ways was fraudulent. Was but fraudulent. we want to save lives, all we lives. All lives mattered, V or un -V. All lives matter here, you know? Let's Oh. And and, and so, you know, you need um yeah. you need the treatments. Go to flccc.net. 
fantastic information. Um, yes. America's Frontline Doctors, fantastic information. Um, the organization that Dr. Peter McCullough is with, uh, American Physicians and Surgeons, I forget the name of their website. Um, fantastic information. There's so much. The C19 um, early. Early, tre early treatment. C19 yeah. early treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the information is there. And I beg of you, no, I have, I've had a lot of friends prepared. And then when they began to become symptomatic, they were ready. They got through it. Right. Yeah. I had friends who dabbled. They didn't, they weren't ready. They didn't really hit it day one and it was a struggle, you know, but they, they eventually got through it with some professional help. And I have other, others who firmly were opposed to the shots, really believed in early treatment, but were absolutely not prepared. And I lost them, you know? So I beg of you be prepared now, go shopping for a practitioner who's aligned with your approach to health and wellness, figure things out in advance, have your cupboard stocked to be prepared to treat yourself under the guidance of your trusted healthcare professional. Correct. So the thing is, these new variants might be more infectious, but not more deadly, correct? However, correct. if you are somebody who is susceptible to severe disease and you're not prepared, you're still going to really struggle. And, Correct. Right. Um, and if you did have the shot and it has made you more susceptible to faster replication, higher viral loads, as some of the studies are showing, then you're going to need to hit that day one. Hit it day one. Correct. Yep. You know? Yep. And just so everyone knows, there's been some supporting evidence showing that ivermectin, what does it do? It actually blocks the receptor site of AC1 and AC2 against. Yeah spike protein. Yeah. So prophylactic treatment with ivermectin is a great, if you can get it, it's yeah. a great way to actually prevent it. Take care of yourself, prepare for this preparation. An ounce of prevention is worth yeah. a pound of cure every single time. And every time I've talked to doctors, they, they always tell me the same thing. If you have to go to a hospital, you are really, really sick. And your chances of coming out of there are actually not as good as you think. Yeah. Because, you know, they they understand that hospitals are huge machines with a lot mm -hmm. of protocols, a lot of lines of communication that do not intersect correctly. Yeah. The fourth leading cause of death in the United States. Medical error. Medical error. <laughs> yeah. So if you can prevent going to the hospital, your chances of survival increase. Yeah. I, I think that kind of running neck and neck now with medical error would be something akin to standard of care <laughs> where yes. standard of care that isn't flexible where the doctor can look at it and say i this doesn't appear to be working over here is working i'm going to choose that for my patient so yeah. inflexible um top down driven from management um cost basis standard of care is killing a lot of people, right? Yeah. It's a very insurance driven approach, which is uh, contrary yeah. to the, to the Hippocratic oath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. If you're a doctor and the, the only doctors I trust, unfortunately, are the ones that have gray in their hair right now. 
because they've been through the wind, they've been through the grind, they understand mm -hmm. how insurance treatments work. They actually received an education worth something. Yeah. And a lot of young doctors are actually being taught to just follow the protocols and not to think. And again, that is yeah. dangerous. They're, they're, they're sort of like a glorified pharmacist, except for yes. that a pharmacist at least knows more about what they're prescribing. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And they know about contraindications a little bit more. You know, we actually have some pharmacists in our movement that, you know, this is what they do for a living is they make a living off the sale of drugs, but they see what is happening and they're standing with us. So I applaud all the pharmacists that, that join our ranks. I wanted to ask you on that sub stack, I encourage people to go explore. Like I said, it's, they, they're dedicated to being uncensored. So you're going to probably find all sorts of things on yes. sub stack, but it is, I found some amazing. So we've got the attorney, Aaron Siri, who's with, um, I can the Important yes. Consent Action Network works with Dell Big Tree. He has oh, yes. written some amazing articles lately on Substack. It's a great <laughs> place to to go explore him. Yeah, start your mornings looking at what Jack wrote and and then what Aaron Siri wrote, and yeah, you'll be off to let the me, races. Let me just share this real quick because uh, again, uh, Aaron Siri, I discovered him unfortunately a little too late, but. Aaron Siri, A-A-R-O-N-S-I-R-I dot mm -hmm. substack dot com, injecting freedom yeah. is a great review. Here is a lawyer who understands uh, personal medical freedom, who's very in tune with what's going on. And he provides some doozies of an analysis. And mm -hmm. what really shocked me was that the FDA asked the federal judge to grant until 2076 the ability to withhold data and release Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine data. This is at the level of the JFK assassination papers. They're trying to keep them for as long as they can. What are yeah. they hiding? Yeah. What are they hiding? What are they hiding indeed? And, you know, I was really surprised. I was at this meeting the other day and my phone, it's an old phone and it gives me Google alerts, even though I'm not a Google fan, um, but I can't take it off the phone because it's built in. anyway. And it, it was telling me that Como News in Seattle was reporting that, that it was going to take, the FDA said 55 years, you know, to, to give all this information. I was shocked that they actually passed that on. And I was shocked in a good way that maybe, you know, there's some good reporters there. Um, you know, if, if, if we begin, I think once it begins to crack, I think it's going to be a race to who can, who can dig the deepest and find yeah. the most, there's so much dirt to be had. Can you imagine the headlines when things completely flip? And they realize it's okay now to say what's really happening. It's going to be nuts. Ooh. So, so this, is <laughs> this is my prediction. Anthony Fauci is going to connect, is going to be connected to Ralph Barrick at UNC, to Peter Daszak. Look up those names. These people are all connected. They all help to create what we're seeing right now. UNC Chapel Hill. You have to be careful with that. UNC Chapel Hill is a great university. I know many people that work at UNC Chapel Hill, many great researchers. But the fact of the matter is, 
that there was a conflict of interest. They knew what they were doing with SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2. Anthony Fauci helped to shepherd this. EcoHealth Alliance helped to transmit the money that allowed for the development and the release of SARS-CoV-2. Again, I'm not saying anything that I can't support with evidence. This is all right there. And more importantly, and more critically, remember this, CDC makes half of its budget from vaccine royalties. Yeah. And the FDA makes most of its budget from fees from the pharmaceutical industry. 70%. 70%. Yeah. That's a crime in itself. Yeah, absolutely. So much uh, needs to be rebuilt and redone, which our wonderful Dr. James Lyons-Weiler has something he calls Plan B. So we're going to have to have uh, Jack on again uh, and get him to go over the details of his Plan B because it's looking like people might be willing to start building Plan B to restructuring public health in an ethical, moral way that actually supports health and not the pharmaceutical industry. And with that, it looks like our time's about up, Javier. The time just flies by when we have our chat. So I want to thank you so much uh, for being here with me today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with another two hours of radio. So stay well, stay informed, and try to live an informed life. This is Bernadette at an Informed Life Radio, 1150 AM, KKNW, and CHD Live. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. 
Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today.